episode 108 for August 2010. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They want to be your local online comic shop by offering today's comics at yesterday's prices. A Spider Spotlight book for this episode is the Spider-Man Grim Hunt hardcover. This one reprints Amazing Spider-Man number 634 through 637, along with some prologues and material from Web of Spider-Man number 7 and Spider-Man Origin of the Hunter. Now, it's 168 pages, and the cover price is $19.99. Mail order has it for just $9.99, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Gang, if you've been following the front page of the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com, you've seen that our roving crawlspace reporter, Josh Bertoni, went to the San Diego Comic-Con in July. He was able to talk to several creators in Spider-Man's world, and one of the biggest being Marvel Editor-in-Chief Joe Quesada. He had a 40-minute interview with Joe, going over the one-moment-in-time storyline going on in Amazing Spider-Man. He talked about issue number 638 that just came out, and they go page-by-page page over the book. And it's an interesting listen, so here's Josh and Joe at the Comic-Con. Greetings, webheads. We are here with Marvel Editor-in-Chief Joe Quesada. Joe, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you doing? All right. Are you enjoying Comic-Con? I am. And uh, hello to everybody out there at Spider-Man Crawlspace. Now, aside from Comic-Con, it has been a busy week for you because Wednesday, uh, the day before official day one or right. Comic-Con or preview day, you had a Spider-Man story come out one moment I did. in time. I did. Yeah, now... Oh, I have. <laughs> one moment in time. Good. Now, the mechanics of this story, which is the follow-up to the ever-so-controversial One More Day, right. how much of that did you have in mind when you were writing One More Day? Uh, well, I, I wasn't writing One More Day. That was... JMS was writing One More Day. Well, I'm, right. with but the last we part, you were One More Day, right? there was, there was the, the philosophy behind One More Day, as it was originally pitched in the writer's room uh, by, by JMS, um, and, and, and this is sort of what we all bought into, was the idea that... Um, that, that rather than shake up every Spider-Man story that ever existed for the last 20 or 30 years, the idea was, it was more, more of, um, uh, what's the movie that, that Joe mentioned? I think it was it Sliding, Sliding Doors? Doors? Sliding Doors, yes. Where, where one thing happens, uh, that one thing happened that then led to a series of events. Uh, so that was the idea, and, and, and the idea with One Moment in Time is to illustrate what that actually was, because we really didn't get to, to illustrate it in one more day. Uh, and also, it, 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 was, it was, you know, my promise to the fans that I made back in the day that we would get to these answers. So, you know, here we are. Did you know what those answers were back in 2007? I knew a bunch of them, yeah. And then, then, uh, then a couple other things fell into place where we're like, oh, wow, th th there's, a, there's a couple of added benefits to this that came out of it that I didn't even realize when we were creating the story. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we, I knew a lot of those back at the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the CBR interview said that all questions would be answered. Mm -hmm. Just to go over the full tenth of some of them, right. I mean, the obvious ones, you know, we're going to get the whisper, which we did get in part right. one. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll be getting how Peter's identity became a secret again. Uh, yes. Okay. We'll get that. What happened to his powers uh, from the other and Avengers disassembled? That has nothing to do with One More Day. So, so I, that's a, I, I'm, I'm dealing strictly with the things from One More Day. Okay, so the extra powers. Uh, yeah, I, I can't answer every single Spider-Man question right. out there. No, you know, I feel that, I, I will. I will leave that for other writers to deal with as they book themselves. Right. Uh, do you happen to know when they might be dealing with that? If they are, or I, is that I, out of that's your a, territory? That's a Steve Wacker question. Steve, Steve knows the exact planning document for Spider-Man right now. So when they get to that, uh, is is not in my purview per se. Okay. 
Um, looking at uh, One Moment in Time, right. the, um, first and second page with Mary Jane's mm -hmm. Whisper right here. Right. In the original story, she does say, because of what I can offer you. Right. Um, just to clarify for some of the fans, what is it that she is offering Mephisto? Well, basically what, what's happening here is that she knows exactly what the right thing for Peter to do is. She knows that as much as they love each other, um, he's waffling. And Aunt May's life is at risk here. And when it really comes down to it, you're talking about a person's life or their love. And in her world, you know, she knows that, that and they even discussed this in One More Day, where, where you know, we, we will find each other again. It'll, it'll, don't worry about it. We will find each other. But Aunt May's going to die. So she knows that Peter's waffling, and she knows that the only person he's going to listen to here, if Mephisto keeps pushing the point, he's not going to make the deal. So the only person he can listen to here is her. So it's through her love for him that she makes this deal and basically says, I'm the only one. But, but she knows how the devil operates in this case. She knows how Mephisto operates in this case. And that is that there's always double crossings here. So she just wants a, 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 a guarantee from him. If I do this, you leave him alone. You know, you can, you know, you can mess around with her, but you can't mess around with Peter. And that's when Mephisto says his line, which, you'll, which will, you'll find pretty faithful by the time we get to the fourth issue. Okay, well, speaking of the fourth issue, now, the fourth issue of One More Day, that broke the internet in half, shattered it into pieces. Sure, sure. What's going to happen with the fourth issue of One Moment in Time? Well, I, you have to read the book. I can't tell you. We're just, we're just at the beginning. There's a lot more stuff to come. You've only seen one real aspect of this, which is how he missed the wedding day. Uh, there's a lot more to this. What's going to happen in terms of fandom? Do you think it's going to be more controversial? Or well, you know, there, there, there are people who are reading this book who are really actually enjoying it. I've gotten a lot of, a lot of great emails from fans. They're saying they're really digging it. Uh, I've even gotten fan letters from fans saying they weren't reading Spider-Man until one more day. But I think they're also people that are reading this book, even before they open the cover, they're going to hate it. So that's cool, but they're going to read it, and that's fine, and I completely get it. Look, you know, they, 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 if you have an agenda, that's, that's fine. You know, everybody does that from time to time. Uh, so my goal was simply to tell a good story, uh, to fill in the blanks that were that were left behind, which I, which I felt bad about. I really did feel that 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 they were that I wanted to get those answers out there for the fans, uh, and it's just keeping my promise uh, because I, I don't don't like to say things and then not deliver on them. So that's where we are right now, and we're, we're answering those questions. You said um, about a year ago that um, one more day and one moment in time were two parts of a three-part story. Well, yes, uh, what I consider sort of a, 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 a possible trilogy. Um, the third part of the trilogy is not one that, that you're not going to read this book and go, oh my God, I, 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 there's a third part to this. You're not going to feel that. You're going to feel, if, if I do my job right, you should feel like all the answers, you got all the answers and everything's complete and we can move on. There is another story based on One More Day, One Moment in Time that I'd like to tell somewhere down the road. There's no rush for it. It isn't time sensitive, but, uh, but someday I'll tell it and, uh, and I'll have a little fun with it. Okay, that's um, intriguing. Well, um, you mentioned um, in interviews in the past that Spider-Man's a very personal character for you. One, because that was uh, the drug trilogy. That was one of the first comics that you read. The absolute first comic. My father introduced me to, to, to comics through Spider-Man, and uh, and I still have those, those those first three issues he bought me. I have them I have them in a wall safe, and they're tattered and torn, but boy, I, I love them. You also mentioned that um, when you worked on one more, your part of One More Day towards the end, and currently one moment in time that because it was so personal to you you want to tell the story with spider-man being so personal to you 
Does it? Um, are you more involved in the day-to-day process um, with the Spider-Man books and the Marvel offices than you are, per se, in X-Men or Avengers? No. How, how close do you and no, I, I keep I, on that? I, I, I can't. I honestly can't. I mean, I, I am working on some Spider-Man stuff right now. Um, I can't really tell you what it is, but but you know I I'm always I, I have because of my job and my role at Marvel, I have to have my hands sort of in in, in, in everything that we do. Uh, these days, it's it's less and less to do with our publishing division, just simply because now as chief creative officer, I'm I'm working in in, in, an, in an animation group that that's slowly growing and, and becoming bigger and bigger now with the with, with our being bought by Disney. Uh, there's a lot of upcoming television stuff. There's a lot of co- there's obviously the Marvel Studio stuff. So um, I'm not involved in the day to day of any book in particular. Uh, but even when I was, you know, I split the wealth. I mean, I, I'm as involved in X Men as I am in Avengers or in Spider Man. Uh, well, you mentioned the Disney deal. That's one thing that a lot of fans have been wondering is um, how has the Disney deal affected the comics um, in the day to day sense or even in the big picture, uh, will we see an effect from that, or is it mostly going to be behind-the-scenes stuff? The, the Disney deal has had no effect and will have no effect on the content of our comic books. The, the, the beauty of the Disney deal, and the reason Disney bought Marvel, is because we do something that Disney has trouble doing, and that is that we speak to primarily a male audience. Uh, and when you look at Disney content, uh, Disney Channel in particular, and uh, and the stuff that they do, they, they are mostly... a a company that's that's driven by a female audience. So the idea of Disney purchasing us and their, their idea for Marvel is very much the same way that they look at Pixar, which is they've purchased Pixar because of the incredible success that Pixar has creating Pixar movies and Pixar iconic characters. Uh, so they didn't want to mess with that. So it's the same thing with Marvel. What they do offer us, though, is the incredibly big reaching arm of Disney. Disney is a worldwide international company and they're going to allow Marvel to become that. So they have a lot of muscle and they're basically saying, look, use us for our muscle, but do what you do. We want you to do what you do and we want to expose it to more people. So, you know, I know that people have been worried about the edginess of Marvel Comics and none of that has changed. Not a single iota of how we create our comic books has changed. If anything, uh, you know, the folks at Disney have asked us, to, even said, how do you do it? You know, and they, they, they've even come to, to, to some of our creative meetings to see exactly the process of how we do things. And they're fascinated by it. Uh, so I, I think what, what's going to happen is you're going to see more and more Marvel stuff out there uh, in, 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 in many different ways, not just the comic books. Since you've become editor-in-chief and now chief creative officer, right. um, how has your job changed from when you first took it to right. now? Uh, there's a lot more traveling involved, uh, fewer conventions, less time to write and draw, less time to really be involved with the day-to-day of the of the books. But you know, lucky for, lucky for me, I have uh, an incredible staff. In particular, Tom Brevoort, Axel Alonso, and C.B. Sobelski. These guys are just the best, and they they they're really sort of you know, especially Tom and Axel, the gatekeepers of the of the content of the books now, and CB is really the gatekeeper of our talent. Uh, and it's, it's a great team we have over there. So my, my, my job has become much more global, uh, where I'm involved in, in literally every aspect of Marvel right now. So, Regarding the fans um, who are still uh, not happy with uh, mm-hmm. the current direction of Spider-Man, uh, how long do you think they'll be angry about it? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, all I know is that Spider-Man is going strong. Sales are strong in the book. We were able to ship, you know, three three issues a month for for quite a while with with, with incredible success. And the Spider-Man franchise is strong as well. Uh, After and, all those back and black delays, I didn't think you guys were going to be able to do yeah, it. Yeah, but but you know, but, but again, look, they, they will they will Spider-Man fans are very very unique. Anyone who works on Spider-Man will attest to that. Um, 
it, it's a, it's a, it's because because Spider-Man is the one character, much the same way that I have a passion for Spider-Man, that that I, I I have a personal connection to the character. People who read Spider-Man have that same personal attachment to the character because we all sort of see ourselves as Peter Parker. That's the beauty of him. But everyone sees themselves differently. So your impression of what Peter Parker is to you can be wildly different than what my impression of Peter Parker is to me. Or to the, if there was somebody sitting next to you, you and I here, or to Brian Bendis. You know, it, it, everyone has a different impression because we see ourselves as Peter Parker. And what happens with that is that that there's no Spider-Man story that gets created that people aren't sitting there going, "Oh my God, this is the worst thing ever." Uh, I can't tell you how many people now write to me and say. God, I wish we could collect the Clone Saga in, in one massive tone. And thank you for doing that, by the way. Right, but, but but here's the thing, right? Was there ever a story more reviled than Clone Saga, right, until One More Day came around, right? People hated that story. And yet you sit here and you go, and now in retrospect, now all of a sudden people really want to see it again. So it, it's it's a it's an interesting audience, and I completely get it from Spider-Man fans, and that, that's why you know I, I I never belittle anyone when they have a passionate reaction to Spider-Man, whether it's my story or somebody else's story, because we all see ourselves as Spider-Man. So it, it, it's almost like we're like like I'm writing a story about you, and if you don't agree with the story that I wrote about you, you're going to get upset, right? So it it just happens, but uh, ultimately, you know, I, I I read I read sometimes the, the thing the thing that that always I find funny. Um, whether it's in a in a in a fan post or in a review, is when people say whether it's talking about me or a creator on Spider-Man, you know, this person's sole intent is to screw up the character. He's he's sitting there twirling his dastardly mustache. It's like, really, get some perspective and and look at this. My job relies on making sure that Spider-Man is a healthy and happy character for not just my tenure here, but whoever the next editor-in-chief is and whoever the next creative officer, chief creative officer. I mean, Marvel lives on these characters. My job is to preserve them in the long run. And look, yes, sometimes preserving a character may upset certain fans, but you have to think big picture. You have to think long term. There is no one at Marvel who got their job or keeps their job by saying, how am I going to screw up these characters? That's not what we do. You may want to believe that because it may make, make your life feel a little more comfortable, a little happier. But that's not what's, what's happening. We love these characters. We love them. And if we screw up, we go and we fix it. And believe me, sometimes we do screw up. Um, but all of us are as big fans of these characters as anyone reading the books. If not, we wouldn't be in this industry. We really wouldn't. But, you know, it's, it's the cost of doing business sometimes. Sometimes you just got to, you know, for lack of a better word, break a few eggs to make an omelet. You said in an interview back in 2008 that mm -hmm. um, originally um, at the end of One More Day when Harry comes into the surprise party, you would also want to bring back Gwen Stacy. Ultimately, right. that didn't come to pass. Uh, what do you feel Gwen's role should have been in the brand new day Spider-Man had she been around? Well, you know, she, she was she was going to. We, we needed extra cast members. We wanted to bring some cast members, and and Gwen was one of those cast members that I remembered fondly as a kid. And um, both both JMS and myself were, were vehement. We wanted to bring her back, and we even took. It was, it was very funny. I still have the slip of paper. We passed a slip of paper around the crib. I mean, again, it's a room of about 50 people. Oh, wow. We passed this piece of paper around, and we put, there was Gwen, no Gwen. And we just people asked people to anonymously check one box. By the time it got back to me, bringing Gwen back had won out by one vote, one single vote. So we were going to bring Gwen back. i got to find that, that, that piece of paper. I know I have it in a closet somewhere. I, I saved it. Um, Scan it and uh, post it online, or send it, or send it to us. Yeah. So, so Gwen was going to be, be the, the going to return, 
And then right as we were sort of discussing the story a few months later on, Tom Brevoort came into my office and, and he just sort of spoke to me really frankly about it. Uh, because again, you know, nothing in Marvel happens in a vacuum. You, you know, there, there's, I, I often tell people, and we, heard, we had somebody ask a question about this at the panel. There's only been one decision in my entire, I'm going to be at Marvel now as editor-in-chief 10 years on August 1st. In my entire 10, 10 years, there's only been one decision that I've made where I've said, I'm not taking any opinions on this. It's my way or the highway. And that was removing smoking from the books. It's the only thing I've ever done without a committee. Everything else happens with a group of us sitting around saying, okay, we have this idea. Is it the best way to go? So Tom walked into my office, closed the door, and he said, it's a mistake. Bringing Gwen back is a mistake. Um, and, and we talked about it. And one of the things that he said that was really, really poignant was um, she's been dead longer than she was alive in the comic books. So the only people that really remember her with that sort of affection are fans that have been reading the books for that long a period of time. So he questioned me and said, he said, are, are, is it something that you want to bring back because you emotionally like the character or is it really going to be good for the cast? The idea behind One More Day going into Brand New Day was to enhance the cast and develop new characters that could really sort of play an integral part in Peter's life, whether they be romantic interests, romantic triangles, whatever they are. Um, and what Tom said really sort of resonated with me. And then we brought JMS into the picture and we talked to him about the same thing. And it was also, it was one of those elements, because I, I don't want to give, give away too much about, about one moment in time, but it was one of those elements that... Um, felt a little too magical to bring her back. Uh, it felt too heavy-handed by Mephisto. And you'll understand more of what I'm saying when, when you get to the fourth issue of One Moment in Time, when you see how everything sort of unfolded and what Mephisto actually did versus what people imagined that Mephisto did uh, or, or wrote their own stories about what Mephisto did. So uh, Tom made a lot of sense to me. So we put it to committee again, and we all started talking about it, and then... He was right. He was absolutely right. And we decided that let's leave Gwen where Gwen is and let's create new characters. And that's what we started doing. Uh, and then and Joe also, you know, bought into that as well and, and away we went. So Gwen did not make the final cut. And I'm, I'm glad to say that Tom was absolutely right. It would have been a huge mistake to bring Gwen back. So. Well, I'm glad that they didn't. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people feel that Carly is kind of a substitute for Gwen. Was she kind of developed with the thought that if Gwen's not coming back, we need to create a new character well, in that vein? When we we started creating a bunch of new characters, there was there was no um, there was no real character that we were saying was going to replace anybody. Mary, this, this is going to be our Mary Jane. So there was none of that. We just started creating new characters with the possibility that they, there might be some romantic interest uh, with Peter in there. When Carly was developed, she was uh, she was a character that we thought might possibly uh, fit in there, but so was Lily. I mean, in my world, Lily was going to be sort of uh, uh, the, 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 the sexy girl who was sort of going to fill that Mary Jane role. But we didn't know. So, you know, when we were in the writer's room, we just started creating characters. And we said, okay, now everybody go and write your stories and see what you come back with. Uh, and the funny thing was that, that, you know, we, you know, for those who don't know, Carly, Carly was my one caveat. I said, I want to throw my daughter's name in there for one of these characters. I was going to ask yeah, you so, that. I, so, is that true? Because yeah, that's, that, is, that, is, that is absolutely true. That's one of those things. And, you know, it was Bob Gale who said, you know, are you sure you want to do that? Because, you know, somewhere down the road, this, she can be turned into a villain. She could, she could be killed in a comic. And I'm like, I'm cool with that. I'm all right. You know, it's, it's, but, you know, I just, I just wanted to, you know, have, have one little sort of stake in Spider-Man mythos. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I named it after my daughter. 
which which I've never done before, but I, I just I, I wanted to, to add that character in. So where they write the character from this point on really is is it's not my say. Whatever they want to do with the character is what they do with the character. You have Mary Jane right. on. Um, I guess this would be considered the third or the fourth page. I know, I know, this is freaking you out, isn't it? Is that yeah. is that is she addressing the readers because absolutely. of the revelation absolutely. of the Mephisto that, that, deal? Absolutely, that's my that's my little my little tip of the hat to you guys. All right, now on the next page, I unfortunately have to address this. I don't right. know if you know where I'm going, but a lot of people think that you were drawing Peter Parker to look like yourself. Okay, Here, here's the answer to that. Look at any of my comics. Start with the Ray. Um, a lot of my characters end up looking like me, but but that it's funny because I was talking to an artist today, uh, and we were discussing this. With any artist, uh, we tend to draw characters that look like ourselves in our books. Uh, it's funny because because for whatever reason, uh, any time whether whether it was omit or whether it was one more day, uh, people are analyzing every brushstroke of everything I do, and it's insane because I've never had that happen before. Uh, so does Peter Parker look like me? Probably, uh, but look at look at look at uh, look at the Ray. You know, the Ray probably looks like me too. Look at Jean Paul Valet; he probably looks like me too. A younger version of me it was like ten years ago. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, did I you just, have the long flowing blonde hair? No, uh, it was a little bit longer than I have it now. But no, I didn't. I didn't have the long blonde flowing blonde hair. Uh, but the Ray was pretty much me. So you know, yeah, if it looks like me, it might look like me. You know, it it, it, it might. I didn't realize that I was I was I was drawing it. But yeah, it could be. Yeah, so you have the scene of Peter and Mary Jane. Um, right. They're in the apartment, and right. they're breaking the ice. Um, mm -hmm. Now, we know that the book is on its own schedule, you know, where did you have to write this scene, uh, like, before Grim Hunt and everything else in order to keep up the schedule? We, we, we knew what the, what, how the story was going to open, and it had to open, you know, with Peter and Mary Jane's relationship being in a certain place. So that, that affected the ship date of the schedule. Uh, and then once we knew it was going to be Grim Hunt, I designed the scene so it, it was modular. It could fit into at the end of any story arc. Um, so once Grim, we knew it was going to be after Grim Hunt, we altered cert certain lines of dialogue. Like this, there's a line here about Mary Jane making fun of Peter's roommate. You know, is, is oh, she yeah. a Michelle she? Michelle like, is at yeah. the crazy lawyer yeah. convention. Right, exactly. So, and that was something that, that Steve and I discussed. I'm like, okay, when this story happens, this is a good place to put the Michelle line in there. So we added it in. Uh, but the basic intent of the scene was exactly the same. It was just a matter of like what little uh, tip of the hat to current continuity do we have to do to make it roll right off from the, next, from the pages of the last storyline. So... How long ago did you write that scene? Uh, this has probably been written... I'd have to go back. I, I, I want to say it's probably been written about eight months ago. You know, it was plotted way before that. Probably plotted about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Uh, but the actual dialogue was probably about eight to six months ago. So, uh, yeah, this is her confronting him after the gauntlet. At this point, right. uh, the final stages of the gauntlet hadn't been uh, put into place yet. Right. That's interesting. Then, of course, we get the transition into right. uh, the wedding annual. Right. This was the most fun part for me. Because as we were, we were trying to work out the methodology of this story, I saw that I, I reread the wedding annual because, because I was astounded at, uh, at the cold feet that both Peter and Mary Jane had. I mean, one of the things that I skipped in the wedding annual because it was just way too much was the fact that Mary Jane was being wooed by another guy named Bruce who picked her up. I mean, there's a scene where, where Bruce picks up Mary Jane on her wedding night and they leave. And you don't know what the hell happened. And by the way, Bruce is, I'm pretty sure it was Bruce Wayne is what oh, they were yeah. intending. Um, but, you know, you could read... It was his plan to sabotage Marvel, you know, go over right, and right. seduce Spider-Man's, you know, fiancé. Right, but, there, but there's, a, there's a lot of missing, missing beats in the story because it's jumping back and forth between Peter and Mary Jane. So um, 
So we, we I realized that, that you know, there, there, there's stories that weren't told here, which fit perfectly into, into our continuity without ever touching anything that happened in the wedding annual except for the wedding. Uh, and, and that was really the fun part was was how all these pieces sort of fit together. Uh, the, the thug that got that got Eddie wrapped, the thug. Eddie the thug uh, was right there. And 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 as we were again, you know, we we, we had a, a great story for this thug. Uh, he plays a he plays an important part in this issue. Uh, and again, there, there there's more to come. But there's a lot of stuff from this wedding issue that 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 we decided to use. Uh, and the best part for me was the fact that we didn't have to touch any of it. You can still read that wedding issue with the exception of the, of the marriage, and everything still happens. It just all happened behind the scenes. What made you choose Eddie the Thug to be the variable? You'll find out. Okay, yeah. You'll find out. And speaking of him as the variable, when we cut back uh, to the uh, new art, uh, right. not Paul Ryan's, we have that scene of the Red Bird, which uh, the the consensus is uh, that's Mephisto. I don't know if you can confirm or deny that. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that for the reader to decide. I'm really going to leave that for the reader to decide what, what they think the Red Bird is. Um, but, you know, red, red was an important color. There, there, there are certain things... When, and just to, just to show you the premeditation that, that, that happened on my end with One More Day, there are certain aspects of that book, certain things, people in that book, that were that we used the color red. Uh, and we, and, we, and, and I, I used that on purpose because I knew that the day I got to omit, they were going to play a part in it. So, uh, so the red bird was red because he was going to play a part in Omid. You'll, you'll, you'll see more as issues come along. So. And the doors all unlock, uh, yes, which do. is supposedly the Red Bird and Mephisto's doing again. You're, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to leave that up to the readers. Leave it up to the reader, guys. You know, you guys can, can figure it out. Mm -hmm. And we cut back to the art with Peter looking at Gwen and the wedding dress and everything. Again, uh, more of the astounding nature to me of, of, of how how torn Peter was on his wedding day. He wasn't sure if he wanted to marry this girl. Um, and, you know, it's... It, 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 it was just, just, just really, really eye-opening, uh, the stuff that was going on during that issue. I got a text message from a fan, because um, he read this, and then yeah. he picked up the wedding annual trade, uh, yeah. which was in the Marvel Weddings trade, and he says, I have to admit, after reading that original issue, Joe Q did have a lot to work with in terms of Peter and Mary Jane having oh, yeah. cold feet. Oh, yeah. It was all there. How did you pick and choose which scenes to use and which not? For example, you, uh, the scene of Peter looking at the picture, as opposed to Peter and his pep talk with Aunt May and right. Emma Watson. Um... Because it, I, right, okay, it's gone. Yeah, I just, you know what? It was page count. It was simply page count, and it was stuff that was going to be relevant. Uh, the, the big trick with this, and one of the reasons to use the wedding issue also was that we wanted to make this accessible to people that never read the wedding issue. I may not know what the hell One More Day was, which there are some readers that are coming in new. So uh, my goal was to do something that was mired in continuity, which I don't like to do, but yet at the same time try to make it accessible. That's on you. There you go. <laughs> we got the fly. It's flying from Joe Casada to Bertone. It's Mephisto. It's, it's Mephisto. He's not happy with this. I'm a threat in my life. Five years from now, I might not get married or something. He's not happy with this conversation. No. Um, so, yeah, so it was just, you know, it, it wasn't a matter of picking and choosing so much. It was brevity and getting to the point of the story. Like, same reason why we didn't bring the Bruce thing into the story, because it was just it was just one more element that, oh, wow, now i got to explain who Bruce is and how this involves, you know, let's just go. To make a new reader friendly. Yeah, okay, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Eddie uh, goes to somebody in a bar yep. who has a mysterious employer. Will we be finding out who that mysterious absolutely. employer is? We'll absolutely find out who that mysterious employer is. I believe you find out in issue three. 
Is it someone who we've seen before? I will say nothing but that. Okay. I gotta sell some comic books here, man. Yeah, no, you got a, <laughs> you, you got the bachelor party, which um, I used to joke around, you know, God, Peter, all the people that Peter knew over the years in the supporting right cast, he couldn't get. And uh, I guess uh, maybe you felt the same way because you had Flash and Harry say the dialogue. This is the worst bachelor party in ever. Ever, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and meanwhile, Mary Jane is having this crazy, crazy party. Uh, you know, so uh, unbecoming of, uh, of the Bride of Spider-Man, <laughs> if I do say so myself. You know, um, and so again, this is all stuff that was there. It was all there, and it was so much fun to write around this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you, uh, the scene with uh, Flash and Harry walking outside the coffee bean right. and going back in and vo- them voicing their concern, right. was that, uh, how did you come to the decision to make them be the mouthpieces for that? Or? Well, well, they were there, and, and, and you know, they're, they're sort of like the Greek chorus here, stating the obvious, because when you, re- you know, they're, they're sort of me reading the story going, wow, it's, you know, when, when, you, when you think... When you think back on the marriage of Peter, you know, again, every, everybody looks at these things sort of through rose-colored glasses. When you think back on the marriage of Peter and Mary Jane, um, again, that, that issue was a stunt issue. They, they just a, a few months prior to that, they weren't even dating in the books. They weren't even together. Uh, it, was, it was something that was really sort of, that Marvel editorial decided to force because Stan Lee had decided that he wanted to marry them in the, in the newspaper strip. It made sense in the newspaper strip. Uh, but, you know, they, they didn't want to get Trump, basically, is what had happened. I'm not going to debate you on that. Um, I feel from my perspective that there was some hints in it. They did have the will they or won't they thing before. And, in fact, in Annual 19, you have Anna Watson and Aunt May right. picking out their clothes for the wedding, right. you know, two years before. But, yeah. but you know, teach happen. their own. Well, I'm not going to be able to convince but, but, but you here, of anything. No, but, no, but here's the thing. That this, they would never have gotten married in the comics mm-hmm. if Stan hadn't done it in the newspaper strip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... What had happened was that, that, that Shooter felt like, like Stan was going to trump the comic book, so he decided, let's get this going, let's get it happening in the comic book. That, I mean, that, that, that's the history of the, of the book, as, as, I've, as I've, my understanding of it. Um, and that's why it was rushed out, and they, they got it done, but it was rushed, and it was a stunt. Regarding the scene with Harry and Flash 2, it looks like they're walking in before the bachelor party starting, mm-hmm. because, but no, the dialogue actually... indicates that it's afterwards, well, so... Here, they, here they, they say goodbye. Yeah. And there, they're still saying goodbye. We just cut back to Mary Jane. Okay. So after Peter left, they decide to have their own party without him. Yeah, basically. Well, yeah, just just sit down and discuss it. You know, mm-hmm. they're just hanging at the coffee bean. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we continue with Mary Jane. You know, and uh, and her wondering uh, what life's going to be like with you know, living life as uh, the wife of Spider Man. Yeah. And then we get your art again with the present day mm-hmm. scenes of them in the apartment, and right. I guess the awkwardness of their first heart to heart about. Uh, yeah that one moment in time since there. Uh, this is pulling off the bandage mm-hmm. in a very big way. Pulling off the bandage. Was it pulling off the bandage for you or? Uh, no, I'm just, just glad I finally got to tell a story, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. And then the dream sequence from the annual. Which, once uh, again, who's he dreaming of? Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. Not Mary Jane. Gwen Stacy. <laughs> I, I didn't write it. <laughs> If I had, I'm sure I would have gotten crap for it. <laughs> I'm sure Shooter got his crap. And I, I got there was no, their crap there was for no it internet. Too. There was no internet. Right. You know. Well, you know, taking a break from the issue, one of my questions to you before we end was going to be how do, how has the internet changed um, the way that comics are made and the way that writers interact with uh, the fans now as opposed to then? Um, what it's really changed is how we promote our comic books. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's allowed us to, to really have a one-to-one exchange with our fans. 
uh, whenever possible. You know, we, we hear directly from them instantaneously as opposed to waiting a couple of weeks for letters to come in through the post. Um, what it also does is, it, it, you know, it, it allows people to, to reach us in a much more casual basis. So it's, it's been very, a really, really cool part of our business uh, and, and something that, you know, I'm sure if Stan was the head of Marvel when the Internet exploded, um, he would have had just as much fun with it as we do. And then back to the new art with Peter right. wondering, and we get him at the Brooklyn Bridge, or the George Washington Bridge, depending on what it is. We got Brooklyn Bridge right. here. I'm amazed at the people who still... Um, in fact, there was an American Sun. I think it was American Sun or the Many Loves of Spider-Man one-shot where it said George Washington Bridge again. Right. So, yeah. Um, what, what, where do you fall on the bridge controversy? Uh, whatever... I, I would go with what the... What the script said versus what the art says. Mm -hmm. So 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 George Washington yeah. Bridge then as in I'll, I'll I'll earn my Marvel no prize here. Right. Spider-Man says George Washington Bridge, right. but he had a cold at the time. He was stressed out, uh, you know. Okay. You right. know, I mean, Gwen's in trouble. So, he so just got back from final. You see, you're, 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 you're imagining yourself as Peter Parker, right? There you there go. You go. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's so so he says the name of the wrong bridge, right. you know. Yeah. He's like he's clearly at the boat. No New Yorker makes that mistake. Well, <laughs> No New Spider Man's not just any New Yorker, right? He well, he should be he should be smarter. Uh. <laughs> well, regardless of the bridge, uh, yeah. he gets um, he leaves it to go uh, reunite with Eddie the Thug and their little fight there. Right. Well, here's what's interesting also about this is that um, in you know we, we, we do look at the, the annual has him looking at the picture of Gwen Stacy and, and mm -hmm. if, if I'm remembering correctly, that's the last we see of Peter in the annual until the wedding day where he's running late. We never learn what happened. I mean, he got to that bridge at night, and we never learned what the heck took him all night and all morning to get to his wedding day late. Um, so to me, he probably had a Spider-Man adventure. Uh, and this might have very well been it. Although, of course, before the whole Mephisto thing, the outcome might have been a bit, little bit different. Mm -hmm. So um, so in a lot of ways, you know, we, we tell stories, we've done it all the time, of, of you know, in particular, I mean, look, look at a quintessentially classic comic like Marvel's, right, where Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross told stories that happened between the cracks. Uh, we do that sort of stuff all the time because we assume that our heroes, you know, when we're not seeing them, are still having adventures. So to me, this is just another one of those stories that happens between the cracks where Peter had this encounter with Eddie. Uh, the only difference is that probably in the, in the uh, Shooter McElhaney, uh, Paul Ryan story, uh, uh, he probably beat Eddie and made it to the wedding day late, but he made it there. Mm -hmm. Now, why Mary Jane was late, that's a story I didn't decide, I didn't want to tell. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, listen. I didn't. I didn't write it. It's there. She just got there late. You're gonna. You're gonna make the internet explode. There. Look, I mean, they, but but I, look. Read the annual. She leaves with Bruce in his car, and they cut. And the next thing you know, it's the wedding day, and Aunt Anna and everybody's wondering where the heck is Mary Jane. She's late, and Peter's late. And who drives her to the wedding? Oh, I always assume that she just had his car that he gave it to her as the gift. Maybe. But in fact, let me turn to that because. Maybe, maybe not. What side is she getting out of? She's getting out of the passengers, but right. I, 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 I always figured that she parked maybe. in and got out of the other side. Maybe, right? So this is what I'm saying. I mean, it, it, I'll leave that up to the reader. And by the way, I didn't tell that story. No, you didn't, right? <laughs> well, My story is they sit, they park, they talk for eight hours, 
and then she decides to get married. He convinces her to get married. And I'll be remiss, um, and I'll get yelled at by the internet if I don't bring up uh, what people have been saying, is that Spider-Man missed his wedding because um, a fat guy fell on top of him. Oh, look, that, that, that's being really trite, okay? First of all, he gets clocked in the head with a cinder block, okay? So he's already dazed and confused. He now grabs this guy's momentum moving downward very, very quickly. He misses the fire escape by because he's dizzy because of the cinder block that hit him on the head. He crash lands down. This guy hammers him. Peter's head hits the ground. Concussion, whatever you want to call it. Okay, now Eddie gets up. What's the next thing that happens? He kicks him in the head. All right? He kicks him in the head. By the way, they probably get up. This is probably now... The next day. No, this isn't the next day. This is simultaneously as Mary Jane is... Getting... Well, I mean the next day from it being that night. Well, it's, it's not the next day. We're talking about this. This is a matter of a few hours between, you know, Peter oh, okay. and Mary Jane. So right? the, the fight's happening the morning of the wedding? Yes. It's okay. All, it's, while she's with Bruce, he's fighting Eddie. Okay? Well, she's talking to Bruce, having a conversation with Bruce about what to do. There's nothing going on with her and Bruce. <laughs> Take your mind out of the gutter. Uh, so... Um, so yes, and then and then Eddie kicks Peter in the head one more time. How long does it take Peter to get up? Read the next issue, you'll find out. Um, but really, that's just silliness on the on the fact that people are Spider-Man has been knocked out numerous times. Yes, he's had incredible By feats. May. Yeah, he's had he's had incredible feats of strength. But to tell me that Spider-Man, the Everyman, okay, don't tell me he's as strong as the Hulk. Don't tell me he's as strong as Captain America, as strong as as strong as Thor. He could absolutely be knocked out cold. And this isn't just one blow. It's a it's a shot to the head by a cinder block. It's having a 300-pound man fall on top of him, on his head. He hits backwards, not even forwards, and then gets kicked in the head again. It's very, very plausible, and that's just silliness. And people just just wanting to, to, to pick at something that really has no no right. justification being picked at. So that's where we are. Like the story, don't like the story. That's what's going on. If, if, if it wasn't this, it would have been something else. If, if if I had if I had had him shot in the head, you know, oh, what do you? Spider sense should have gone to the moon. Uh, so yeah. So so you know, it, 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 nothing is going. If if you're if you're adamantly against it, nothing I do is going to satisfy you. Uh, I'm going to give you every answer you want, and either you like the answers or you don't like the answers, but. At least I, I, you know, I can sleep at night saying, "Hey, I got those answers done, and they're there." And I, and I, I'm actually very, very proud of this story. Uh, and I think issue two has some, some, uh, some pretty good emotional stuff uh, that uh, hopefully, you know, people that are reading it uh, will enjoy. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I found uh, funny is you get the 1987 page, and, yes. you know, with Mary Jane coming to him. But then when you turn the page, uh, she whips out. She whips out the self. So, okay, so yeah, that, that was that was part of the fun of it. We discussed this, uh, and, and and you know, the, the truth because the thing is this: the Marvel universe. It's a sliding time. It's scale. a sliding time scale, right? So so with Pollock, Pollock did some great stuff because like if you you'll, you'll see in some of the subsequent issues, you'll be in someone's apartment and you'll see that there's an actual old rotary phone. But people still have cell phones, so we try to keep the visuals sort of similar, uh, but at the same time keep the the, the, the time scale sort of sliding. Uh, so to me, when this wedding annual happened at this point, which is only a few years ago, maybe two or three years ago in Spider-Man time, absolutely they had cell phones. So one missing story from the wedding that I always thought was awesome that behind the scenes is Flash Thompson shows up and Shashan's there and Betty Brant are there and the three of them have not been in the same room since Flash right. punched her in the face and right. cheated on her I'm like that must have been an awkward wedding reception yeah. well, maybe there's a part two to this where we <laughs> well yeah you can do you can do omit from Flash's point of view right exactly the, exactly okay cool. so and then we have Peter uh, 
with his MJ and Mary right. Jane walking away with this single white rose. Yeah, well, the single red rose, which was, again, that, that's just, you know, that's something I told Paula that, you know, she was carrying that. Uh, so it, it's very symbolic. And, uh, you know, then we cut back and there's there's more to come. You know, Mary Jane is going to hit the wine and Peter's going to hit the tea. Uh, and there, there, there's more to talk about. Was that a conscious decision to have Mary Jane be going for her wine, but Peter going for the tea instead? Like the different drinks for their yeah. Well, remember P- Peter's had a bad experience with alcohol in one of the one of the previous issues, earlier issues of, of Brand New Day. Oh, well, they said that it wasn't alcohol. Now that uh, Michelle was spiking his oh right punch right right right, punch. right right that's right um, that's right that's right I forgot about that. Um, there is that time when he fought the hobgoblin drunk. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because that punch for punch, I I, th- I think that was my idea where I talked to Wacker and said, what if it was if it was just Peter. Th- Thinking it was alcohol, and and you know, and uh, uh, and uh, falling prey to uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, placebo, sort of. Uh, oh, so so this is the first word. So you're the one who um, decided to make it um, not actual alcohol. Now? I didn't decide. I, it was just one of those ideas that, that I threw out as a, as a gag. You know, was was that done after um, 601 had been written, or uh, I I honestly don't remember. Honestly, don't remember. Uh, but still, either, either way, the the idea, the idea. Well, you'll see as the next issue goes around. Um, you know, uh, the difference between Mary Jane and Peter. Uh, since she did bring the wine over, she knew that it was going to be a tough conversation. So she's prepping herself. She is still the party girl. And when the, without revealing too much, when the conversation picks up in the next issue, um, will we be seeing the events of the wedding day, or is there going to be a time skip? You're going to see everything now that's happened afterwards. You're, okay. You're going to start seeing stuff that we, we will not, we, we won't be relying on flashback pages like from the old wedding annual. Right. Uh, everything now is, is all new content of, uh, because again, now, now that they haven't been married, there's a lot of stuff that happens between this and if, if I if remember correctly, they go, they go to Paris on a honeymoon yeah. uh, in which they meet Craven. No, uh, Puma. Puma, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Craven's busy preparing for his final hunt. Right, that's right. So, or his not so final hunt, I guess yeah. now. But um, so you know, we have to cover some bases there. There's 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 some stuff. So it uh, it all works beautifully. Did they still go on vacation? Read the book. Okay. Read the book. And by the way, who got her those tickets to Paris? Bruce. Bruce did. <laughs> oh, Bruce is a really understanding guy. But I mean, it blew my mind that that she. <laughs> I listen. I again. I didn't write will the story, we be seeing Bruce again? No, the, you will not see Bruce. You will not see. Okay. Well, at least not in my run. I, maybe we should bring Bruce back in, a, in, a, in an upcoming uh, issue of Spider-Man. But no, you will not see him in my run. Eh. Well, at least you didn't name Bobby Carr Bruce. Otherwise, everyone would have been making some guesses there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what about that lost period between Back in Black mm-hmm. and uh, uh, One More and uh, One More Day, Brand New Day uh, that you've talked about? Will that be covered in Omit? Lost period. Refresh my memory. The period between um, Aunt May in the hospital shot right. and all that stuff, and right. you know Peter waking up um, and going to Harry's surprise party. Uh, hang on, I'm trying to remember what we're covering. You will, you will. Hang on, we, we're going to get through. This and, will all come out in that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just trying to think. We're we, we're, we're going to get through uh, Aunt May hospital. Um, some of this will be covered. Not that whole period. No, mm-hmm. not that whole period. Um, you know. Plus, we've already revealed Harry's how, return, how and Harry, all, which again, how Harry had, built the house and stuff. Right. And again, how none of it. You know, despite what the internet heard, I have never said, never said, it's magic. We don't need to explain. It. Never. Uh, we just we just got you on audio saying it. That's fine. 
but I never, I never, I never said it in an editorial meeting. I never said it in an email. I've never said that. I would never say that. Um, so, but I, I've lived with that one for a long time. So, you know, I just want to want to want to say that uh, wherever the quote came from, I never said it. And you can uh, you can ask anybody who was at those editorial meetings, from Brian Bendis to uh, uh, Mark Millard, anybody who was there. Uh, and my editors, nobody ever discussed the fact that it's just magic. We don't have to explain it. Uh, everything has a plausible reason in our books. And there's some magic, too, but not in this case. Well, thank you for talking with us. And because we're talking with us longer than you originally agreed to, not too. Problem. I hope this we're not fun. holding you for No, this is fun. No, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, I'm, sitting down, I'm sitting down and reading you, comics. Well, you know, what, you know what made it fun, fun is that, that, that I worked my tail off on trying to make sure that the story was seamless from a from a continuity standpoint. And again, I, I don't I, I, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of writing stories based on continuity. So uh, but but as any of my editors that were working with me on this book can attest, I did a lot of homework on this to make sure that and, and, and then and even told the story back and forth and forth and back to make sure am I covering all the bases? Did, did I did I get it all right? Are there any glitches? Did I screw up? Is there some place where somebody's gonna go, oh that, that doesn't fit into the tapestry? I think it all fits in. Hopefully, if I if I did my work right, so so it was fun talking about it because I haven't really talked about it. I've been living with, with this story for a while, and outside of talking it through with my editor Steve Wacker and Tom Brevoort, uh, I haven't had a chance to really uh, to really talk about it. So it's been fun. Well, hey, um, I'll I'll send the invitation. Um, once part four is published, would you like to come on to the regular Crawl Space podcast, discuss it with Brad? Yeah, let's do that. You know, we should do that. Yeah. It'll be fun. Okay, we can go through the whole thing and then uh, and. Uh, There'll be some stuff that's going to blow your guys' minds. If, oh, if, if I did my, my job right, you're gonna, it's going to blow your, your minds, and you're going you're gonna to see all the sort of hidden meanings in, the, in a couple of the things that we've done here. So, Well, as you saw, we posted up your I Heart the Crawl Space yeah. picture yesterday, and we got lots of responses, and they thanked you for being a good sport because Listen, I know, hey, you know, we all love Spider-Man, you know, and we've given you grief over you know, sometimes it's, on it's, the site, it's but okay. you it, were a good sport. It comes with the job. I, 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 Tom DeFalco, the day I, I took the job at Marvel, Tom DeFalco came to visit me and said, my one advice to you, my one advice to you is, uh, if you're going to take this job, you got to have broad shoulders. you gotta, you got to expect that kind of stuff. And that's cool. It, it, it comes with it. At the end of the day, love Spider-Man fans. They, you know, they, they keep Marvel going. They keep Spider-Man going. Uh, and what's not to be a good sport about it? It's just comic books. And I said it at the panel before. We, we get paid to create crazy stories about characters that don't really exist. And if we do our job right, you guys are passionate about it. One way or another, you guys are passionate about it. Uh, if we do our jobs wrong, you don't care. And that's really the worst worst thing that I can imagine. So uh, I appreciate the passion of all Spider-Man fans and yourself, man, and uh, everybody across the So Hey, thank you. And thank you for Thanks, everything that you do. Thank right, you for man. taking the time to talk with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Oh. We'll do it again. Thanks again to Joe Casado for being such a good sport and talking to the Crawl Space about the book. I really do appreciate it. Also, thank you to Bertoni for putting in endless hours at the Comic-Con. He did a great job. Now, after the storyline wraps up, I plan on uh, interviewing Joe and having him come back on the show, and we can aim some message board questions his way. Look for that thread on the Crawl Space board so you can get your question in. It's going to be over the next few months. But before I go, I want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for supporting this show month in and month out. Another Spider Spotlight book from them this month is the Spider-Man Gauntlet Trade, Volume 3. It collects Amazing Spider-Man number 622, the 625. It also has Web of Spider-Man number 2 and number 6. The cover price, $14.99. Mail order has it for just $9.99, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. 
Thanks so much for listening, gang, for the Spider-Man Crawl Space. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas. We'll be back with the regular gang on our next episode, going over the current happenings in the Spider-Verse. <laughs>